Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new Deep Cuts Live. Uh, it's almost the end of April, so this is where all the heavy hitters come into play. Um, this is someone that I've known for a bit now, and every time I have an encounter with her, it's always fun and full of laughs. So I have high expectations for this show that we're getting ready to, to put on this conversation we're getting ready to have. So today's guest is Ben Wheels, as you might know her for Sisters in Smoke. So let's bring on our guest. <laughs> How are hey. you? Hey, Antoine. How are Hello. you? I'm good. I'm good. I was looking forward to this conversation. Like Me I said, too. I wanted to have you on last month. Mm -hmm. then I got, and then I think things just got completely crazy. So um, You're a busy I'm, man. You're a busy man. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to have you on this month, though, because um, it gives us time to, to talk about uh, all the stuff that you're doing out in the industry and to get into some uh hot topics as well always Ooh. i feel like yeah i feel like barbara walters you know how at the beginning of the view for years like she's like i always wanted to do a, a show with uh interesting women and perspectives so this is what this show is going to be about because i feel like there's a lot that we can uh, definitely touch on in terms of uh some hot topics in the industry but um okay. Before we get started, I want you to kind of introduce yourself to the audience and kind of tell them a little bit about you and what you do. Well, they call me Sisters in Smoke. Uh, my name is Ben or Aunt Benny or Benny and the Jets, depending on <laughs> who you are. Um, I am a content creator for brands, specifically cigar brands. Um, I work with Aventura. Cigars out of Dominican Republic. I'm brand content curator for JR Cigars. And I do experience marketing for online retailers such as Small Batch, where I bridge the gap between cigar brands and retailers as it relates to consumer engagement. So how did you get started with, with that? Because I, you know, because I was tempted when I type up and do like the little promo graphics, I always say like, what should I call this person? And that's why I stopped putting that part in because everybody wants to call themselves something different. So I was like, it's been a, a would you call you a, an influencer? And I was like, I think it's more than influencer. So, you know, like, how did you get into, into this? Well, I won't say I choose. I mean, I'm not, let me say this. There's nothing wrong with the word influencer. However, I do understand it's a very touchy word, right? For mm -hmm. everybody. Um, however, part of my professional background is in publicity. So I have an older sister, she's an entertainment publicist, and I've been working with her since I was 20. I think I might've been a sophomore in college. So everything that has to do with managing a red carpet, talent, wrangling talent, putting on events, um, having great relationships with photographers and videographers, curating a storyline, those types of things. Um, I guess we could probably say is pretty much second nature to me, even though that's not what I went to school for. Um, so in that regard, as it relates to content curating, it's all of those things, not just, you know, sometimes people think that the picture is the work and it really isn't. It's, it's, it's seven to 10 moving parts there. Um, that you kind of have to think through, you kind of have to plan for, and you ultimately have to execute after 
you know, said pictures or content is is uh, posted. So, yeah. So one of the viewers wanted to know, what are you smoking? Because you're, anytime you're on video, <laughs> you're always smoking something. So that could have been my first question, but. I, uh, so, so I'm smoking Matilda cigars. It is the Smokers R&D collaboration with uh, my cigar pack. So okay. it's, it's called the Serena. Okay. Little Lancero action. <laughs> so it's interesting that you that you got into the whole because I think a lot of cigar smokers, especially if they're on Instagram, I think they're under the, maybe unspoken desire is to become an, an influencer or curator that gets to work with all these brands. But obviously, there's a lot more work to it than just you know you get sent cigars and you get you post a picture, which I think is the extent that most people want to take it. So how much like work really goes into, I know, cause I know that it's, it's a lot more work than what people think, but they think it's all, they think being an influence, like I said, it's all about this getting free product. You sure. take a picture and then your job is done. You go off and you enjoy the fruits of your, your labor. And then you just get sent more stuff, more stuff, more stuff. Well, now, well, well, that's a part of it. I mean, I think, you know, you have to decide for yourself where you want to be in this space and there's nothing wrong with you know getting product and taking photos and enjoying your pastime just like anybody else um and if you just so happen to take dope photos even better <laughs> you know what i mean like even right. better um for me i i like to tell stories um i am curious by nature and disciplined uh, by profession. So anything that I'm doing, especially if it involves my health, right? <laughs> I gotta know all the things mm -hmm. and I need to do all the things. And so if the more I started smoking and the more I started meeting people in this industry that lend their labor of love to, to what we enjoy, it almost felt like my duty to kind of dive a little deeper. What is this? Why is it this way? What is this like? What's this experience like? You know, how does it work? And the more I started to feed that curiosity, the more invested I became. And I, and honestly, I, <laughs> I don't think I saw it coming originally because my background is in fashion. Um, before the pandemic, I did custom clothing for men. I was doing a lot of weddings um, I worked in television. I'm a trained technical designer. You know, like, so even though I was smoking cigars, right? Like, I was smoking cigars and sewing clothes at the same time. Um, so it just kind of, the pandemic hit and boom, nobody's getting married. <laughs> nobody's shooting television shows right now, you know? So um, that same discipline that you have to have in that industry, the metrics of clothes kind of also plays a really big part in how I look at what I do and telling the story behind cigars. And so it just grew and developed and I met really great people. I mean, like sometimes even just thinking about it, I'm just overjoyed and grateful at the human kindness that is in this industry. And it just kind of stuck. You stuck with me now. Like, this is it. <laughs> I guess to, to step back a little bit. So how did you get into smoking cigars? 
Um, well, I definitely told this story before. So my one of my one of my best friends is uh, Ken Hamblin, um, better known as the Hammer, better known as the owner of the Arrival Cigars. So when he stopped playing football, he started smoking cigars. And, uh, you know, we used to all travel a lot, like family type stuff, friend trips. And it was like, hey, it was NBA All-Star 2010. It was in Dallas at the time, which is where he used to play. And he came out in the back of me and he's like, hey, uh, smoke this, don't inhale. And I looked at him like, how do you tell someone not to do something they've been doing their whole life? Inhaling is a part <laughs> of life. Like, what? Right. Like, how do I do that? <laughs> right. You're not. And in true, and in true guy fashion, no shade. Like, you know, Ken is not a very chatty person. Um, so, you know, he he really didn't go into a large explanation about what that meant. So, there are actually pictures. I don't know who took these pictures. Um, but there's pictures of me actually choking, um, not doing what he told me to do. Um, and, and from there, every time we went somewhere, whether it was a family trip or it didn't matter, or he was in LA, we always smoked. And it was the only time I ever smoked. And so then after that, it went from me trying to figure out how to smoke on my own with no instructions, of course. Um, and tons of intimidation to him inviting me to pro cigar for the first time. He's like, oh, yo, you got to be here. Um, and I went and like Cinderella, I fell in love. So, <laughs> so. so what's the, you're in the cigar culture, mm -hmm. you know, it's a pretty male dominated industry or lifestyle right for right now, even though there's a lot more women, luckily, who are coming into the lifestyle. What's been your experience as a woman in the industry? Uh, you know, some of the things that women talk about happen, happen for me too. I think for me, um, I don't think I ever really paid as much attention in the beginning because most of my friends at the time were guys, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, if I'm with Ken and some of his friends or some of his teammates or, you know, some of my own friends who also didn't smoke. Great. <laughs> like I always found myself in the middle of these scenarios with guys. So some stuff I might have just been blind to. Um, and also, too, I think as a woman, when you hang with with men on a regular basis, uh, you become kind of deaf to the things around you. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, you know, I kind of don't pay it. I kind of just be minding my own business sometimes, you know, like if, 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 by the way, if you see me and it looks like I'm not listening or paying attention, I'm probably somewhere else mentally. Like, so that's usually me. So I wouldn't see some of those things. It wasn't until I started smoking with other women that I started to see and hear uh, some of that behavior. Um, but I'm also the middle child. So I ignore a lot of things on purpose, like, unless you're rude or, you know, you're violating some moral boundary of mine, you know, or, you know, I have this rule, like no one will ever be embarrassed in my presence. Like if, if you're getting with one of my friends, I'm going to politely pull you to the side. 
and uh, ask you how I can help you out, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I try not to let it bother me, but it is there. It's there. It's there. Oh, yeah. I mean, because, <laughs> you know, over the last two weeks, like if you go on Twitter, mm -hmm. if you go on Facebook or any other social media platform, you know, there'll be like cigar groups and you'll see the pictures come up and it's just like, you know, a woman half nude, you know, doing something to a cigar or whatever. And it's, and that's like the norm. And I'm like, in any other industry, like you don't see that happening in the wine industry or even like the spirits industry as much. Maybe I'm not looking hard enough, but it's like women in the cigar industry, you know, there's so many good, you know, examples like you who are standing out there and yet there's like this dichotomy thing going on because then, you know, there's also this idea that women are props in the industry almost like they're there for like the male amusement. So I've always been like curious of like for a woman, like, do you see that? And then like, how do you rise above that? Uh, you know, I'll tell you, like I tell anybody else, and especially men, you know, I and no one else has the right to tell someone how to enjoy their pastime. Um, for me, I'm just naturally much more conservative. You know, I might give you a little shoulder. Like, if you know me, you know, like, you know, I cut all the necks out of my sweatshirts. <laughs> you know, you know, if I'm if I if I'm gonna give you boob, you know, you're not getting legs. You know, if I'm giving you, you know, legs, you know, I'm covered up. Like, but I'm, <laughs> but that's just me. I feel like I don't have to rise above something that has absolutely nothing to do with me. You know, mm -hmm. if if that's how they want to smoke their cigars and they want to risk dropping ash on body parts that are very sensitive, then that's their choice. The same way, you know, some people don't smoke in their house. I mean, and here I am. <laughs> by the window, you know, and it, I think it's fine. I don't have a problem with it, but also too, the tobacco industry, the cigar culture is not like any other industry because if it were, some of the things that we are facing, dealing with, questioning and trying to answer, we wouldn't be doing that now. We are behind the curve on a lot of things. And so, mm -hmm. you know, at this point you can't wag your finger at someone else if we haven't solved the more important problems so i just say smoke your cigars and mind your business not you yeah. but <laughs> not you, yeah. <laughs> not you. No, you know because i just think it's interesting because again because you have some you know you have women like yourself like erica and amy over at tlb um, there's so many other women who are just doing the right thing not the right well not that it's wrong but you know they're trying to stand for and show stand as good examples for the industry. And then you have others who are just kind of making themselves out to be like this sex object. Well with no, with no intention of educating. Well, they don't, but this is the thing. They don't have to. You know, we have to really stop putting expectations on things that we think we should control. Um you know, there are going to be people who are going to enjoy their cigars the way they're going to enjoy it. And you really have to think, you know, to yourself, if you were on a beach, what would you be wearing and what would you be doing? If I'm in my house smoking my cigar, 
what would I be doing? What would I be drinking? What would I be smoking? And whatever that is in that time is exactly what you're going to get. And if them being in a bikini or I don't know, in a deep V-neck shirt or I, I, I don't know, whatever those things are, um, it's no different than, you know, them getting clothes on to go to the club. You know, we all put on, you know, our eyelashes and our lipstick and, you know, who's to say that that's not okay either. You know, we just kind of have to get out of our own way and, and let people do what they do. And if those people who do the things that don't align with your brand identity um, or, or your business model, it's okay. You go and find somebody who does. Um, hopefully you find me. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I say it's, it's okay, you know, because, I mean, I'm about to go on vacation. Y'all, you know, y'all, I'm, I'm not going to be on the beach in a cutoff sweatshirt. You're going to get, you're going to get the bikini that I'm in smoking this cigar. I'm going to be smoking, <laughs> you know, it's got to be okay. It's got to be okay. You got to make room for that. Yeah. We have just a comment from AC here who says, I'm a sister of Lee who has a public Instagram account. I see the objectification of women from women themselves, shake my head. And like you said, but I think there's, if it's them doing it for, for, because they want to do it and that's their sexuality, I think that's a, a completely different argument. Um, and they're, but on the flip side of that, you know, there, there are groups out there that objectify the men too. You just don't see them as, as out there. So sure. it's, it happens on both sides. So it's just like a weird, I won't say a hot topic. It's just like one of those curious moments because, you know, we had this discussion earlier this year when we were um, doing one of the TPE uh, education panels with the women. And, you know, they, they got into this discussion about sexuality versus professionalism versus what it stands for and, and stuff like that. And they were kind of came to the same conclusion as you did that, you know, women have to feel comfortable to, you know, portray themselves however they want to be portrayed. As long as they're not, I, I would say, as long as they're not being objectified, like, you know, because there are some pictures out there that you could tell that men are just like, I have too much time on my hands and I'm going to make this picture up and make it even, you know, something more than that, than what it is. So sure, sure. that's I mean, the only weird, the weird part that I, that, you know, I don't know. This, this, this is what I struggle with in, in this topic. And then, you know, we can definitely move on, but I, my struggle is if, if those things bother you, if women or men that are half naked or are hypersexual, or if let's say for men wearing gray sweatpants, um, <laughs> you know, right. it is what it is. Um, if it bothers you that much, if, if the conversation is a point of contention, then that's not where you need to put your energy. My issue isn't with what women or men are showing it is the validation that you give them that support their narrative and then you turn around and you objectify them in private which is now boiling over to in public if you have a problem with it don't like the photo exactly. if you have an issue with it don't watch 
their stories. Don't follow them because what happens is like anything else, whether we're talking about civil rights, whether we're talking about whether you don't like a restaurant, whether you go to a bar and that mixologist is whack, you know, you don't go back, mm-hmm. right? So treat everything in your life with the same respect because what happens is that, like I said, I don't have a problem with those women because like I said, I'm about, I'm, I'm, I'm about to go on vacation and she will be in her bikini smoking her cigar and you might catch a photo or two. However, if you don't like it, then don't support it because when right. you support it, it snowballs and dominoes into this larger conversation that shouldn't be. But I just saw your name <laughs> in the like section, bro. Like if you don't like it, then stop doing it because guess what? The less likes they get, the more attention, the less attention they get, the less you will see it happening. You cannot be a culprit in the issue, right? And like it at the same time. It's I, I just I, I don't support that, right? So. And I like this comment that came through. It says as long as you're not falsely advertising as something you're not, do you? Authenticity is never wrong. So hey, that's shy. That's a really good comment so absolutely absolutely and i know when speaking to eric and amy they brought that up sometimes that there are some who do portray themselves as being these you know cigar smoking women and then behind the scenes apparently they're not and they're doing it for some weird completely weird off the wall reason so i feel like that's a, a hot topic for another day though <laughs> so, we, so we don't get into that but um Getting back to, and I'm just going to roll through some of these other comments that that came through, Um, you know, getting back to to what you do, content curation. How much content do you create in a day? Because I'm always curious of this because part of my thing is I have to create content and my content is completely different from yours because mostly my nine to five is written content, which is like I spent, you know, all day today trying to type out a a good thousand word story. so it's not the, the same as that, that requires a completely different mentality. So this yeah. is through how you approach creating content. Uh, it depends on the day. Um, you know, my schedule is set up in a way where let's say Monday, Wednesday, I'm curating content, right? Um, if I'm doing a campaign, I'm working on that, but everything is done in a, in a two hour uh, time frame, two hours at a time. Either it fits in this two hours or it ain't getting done <laughs> because I got other things to do. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, our two hour time blocks, I can smoke two cigars, videos, photos, whatever, you know, run back, change my clothes, change my lipstick, throw my hair over the other way, whatever <laughs> needs to happen. <laughs> um, and then, Maybe Tuesdays and Thursdays, I edit that content uh, or I attempt to edit it. And it depends, you know, if I'm doing a reel or the more simple things, you know, editing is not my ministry. (laughs) So it takes me a little longer than the average Joe. So, you know, it'll take me all day to to edit all the things from Monday and Wednesday. And then on Friday, I try my best to create the copy for that particular stuff, even if I'm working on something weeks before. Now, if we're talking about campaign type things, that's probably more of a six day a week type of commitment because I don't work on Sundays. Um, It's a hard and fast rule for me. 
but um yeah like I, I try to break it down in days you know and then i have that's just my stuff you know like the two-hour time block is something for me the second two-hour time block is for a client you know and i have to kind of balance that out and i usually go back and forth one here one here one here because i have to have balance if i gotta work for somebody else i also gotta work for myself too <laughs> like, mm -hmm. so um i just try to create as much discipline in my work day as possible but it's hard because you can sit there all day long taking pictures recording video like you gotta know like for me it's it's i'll take five to ten pictures I might, you know, do a cut and light video, couple of boomerangs, and might maybe four photos of the cigar. Now, all of those I don't necessarily keep because I know right away if the light's not hitting, it's getting erased. <laughs> and anybody right. that smokes with me knows, okay, <laughs> the light's not over here. We got to pivot, like <laughs> you know, because I. And the thing, I mean, it's a running joke, but truth of the matter is, if the light is right, the less pictures I got to take. Um, or the less pictures, you know, I get my friends to take, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, nobody ever takes your photo like yourself. You know, my friends be like, can you take this to me? You know, so you kind of got to figure out how many of this, how many of that, can you get whatever shots you're looking for in the amount of frames? And that is going to dictate your day or your days. So that's kind of how I, I, I do it. You know, I'm not, I can't sit here all day. <laughs> I'm like. One hit a quitter. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and we just had to comment that uh, content creation takes discipline, which it does. I mean, uh, I'm sure like you have to really, as you were just saying, like really know what kind of content you need for the week so that on those days when you're filming or putting that content together, you are using your time wisely. Otherwise, you're just kind of like, what am I doing? And that's what yeah, I was Sometimes. It's like hanging out with friends. It's, right. it's like you're just in here, just wasting time. <laughs> right. Just wasting time. Yeah. But you also have to be, you know, I think the one thing that works in my favor is that I'm very clear about my creative direction. And I usually don't operate outside of that. And I don't, I haven't figured out if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I know what kind of pictures I want to take. And I know how long it takes me to do that. You know, like if I'm at an event and I'm, whether I'm hosting or, you know, I'm an attendee or a guest or whatever, say like, you know, pro cigar. If I'm walking into the white party and I know I'm there early, I'm gonna get in and get these pictures before these I'm not saying, Yeah. Seeing you at Pro Cigar, you are like, <laughs> yeah. like you're on the schedule when you walk in there, like you know what you need to do and what you want to accomplish during yeah, that night. I'm, yeah. I get in and get out. Because you know what, like because in doing that, when you when you work in this industry, you are you have the opportunity to be a part of some really cool things, right? You know, and you get to meet really cool people. And I try my best to be as present as possible when it matters. Because I mean, yeah, the pictures are great, and yeah, like most of the time they want me there because. I'm a storyteller, right? Like, this is what it looks like. This is the fun. We laughing, mouths wide open, you know? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. we did a challenge and it was a fail. I don't even know what it was called. When you go down slow, it was a Oh, yeah, fail. yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a fail. <laughs> but, it was, but it was fun, you know? And mm -hmm. 
I ain't got no problem posting that either. We all did. It was like, strike <laughs> out. But if I get in, I get my pictures, my steals, you know, then I can I can dance all night and I can laugh with my friends and smoke my cigars and say hello to new people I never met that has come because they've seen me there. Like I, I want to remember the night or the day when I'm there at the cigar lounge, you know, with my girlfriends, like get in, get out, turn up. <laughs> like that's, that's the motto. So I'm not trying to do it all night. Um, and I, and I don't, and I don't want to, I don't want to be one of those people, you know, you come to an event, you've never met me before. You're like, man, she's been on phone all night. Like, that's not the type of reputation I want to have. <laughs> so, you know, I come in, I get my pictures, and uh, and then I relax. And, like, when you're talking about content creation, I know you're active on Instagram. Like, what other social media platforms are you active on? Let me tell you something. I ain't got time. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if Instagram doesn't go to Facebook, I'd be screwed. Like, I, I would be screwed because I, I can't keep up. Because the thing is that it's not just posting photos on Instagram. You have to literally, I have to, and that takes time too. I have to put that in the schedule. I know that sounds really bad. I have to put that in the schedule because I post something, but I also have to engage the people that are following me. You know, I mm -hmm. feel like, I'm at a place where, you know, people genuinely want to know what I'm smoking, where did I get it? How'd I get it? What's it like? How much is it? And they really would go out and buy it. Like, and then turn around, go get it, send me a photo of them smoking it. I'll be like, yes, enjoy that. And I have to be able to, to communicate with them in a timely fashion. So I'm if I'm posting something, I'm probably on there for five hours out the day, like almost consistently. Cause if not, then my numbers suck. Let me, let's be honest here. <laughs> you know, it's Instagram, but for me, it's work. You know, people come to me to, to create a story, to create a vision and also to bring the people along on that journey. And I have, to, and I can't bring people along if, if I don't communicate with them. So. Do you feel like, pressure of any sort to build an audience outside of Instagram? Like, do you feel the TikTok pressure uh -uh. or Facebook pressure or the Twitter pressure or whatever, the Snapchat pressure or, or any of the pressures like from these other social media platforms? Well, no, TikTok is cool to watch, but I'm not TikTok and Twitter. So like, I'll talk to you, but I'm not chatty, right? Like, like, you know, I have my moments, but as a human, I'm not chatty. Like, I don't have enough to say to be on Twitter, like, at all. Like, everything I got to say, that's why most of my captions are probably longer. Like, anything I got to say is in here, and that's probably it. <laughs> like, that's, that's it. Mm -hmm. um, Snapchat, I feel like, is just used for pictures and, and very sneaky things. So I don't, I don't, I don't engage in the, in that. Uh, so, I mean, I, I just, as my schedule stands, I, I don't really have time for it. I love my, you know, I love my, I had a couple of friends that be on Snapchat. They turn me into cartoon characters and they kind of do it for me and I'll post that, <laughs> mm -hmm. but no more, just Instagram and Facebook. One of the cool things that you really did 
recently was your activation with Small Batch for Black History Month. Thank so, you. Kinda, Thank you. Because you introduced me to some brands that I had never heard of, which is always fun in the industry. So Yay. you were kind of putting out that content. I was consuming that content and learning more, for example, about Spencer, um, you know, AS Reserve and, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, so, so I, uh, about. so uh, that was my second year smoking Black-owned cigar brands um, in February. The first year, um, there was a bit of a challenge going on in the industry as it relates to, um, how can I put this, uh, the consumption of of a product by black people and where we spend our money and the support uh around that aligned with the things that were going on in the world right mm -hmm. um and, and it was just a lot of chatter about support and where do you put your money and you know i live in la you know i'm 69 percent tobacco tax and 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 to be honest i felt attacked because <laughs> I was like, I don't know who these cigars are either. Like, and, I'm, and, I, and I'm black too. You know? So I felt I took it as a personal challenge to uh, find the cigars and smoke them. And, and, I, and I found a list of cigars that was curated by her aficionado um, out of Atlanta. And I went down that list and uh, got a few and smoke them every day and and afterwards i realized that that was not the best idea but it worked out uh and then next year i wanted to be able to answer some of the problems that a lot of black owned brands were facing which was a much broader platform for selling um access uh, availability um and uh pure enjoyment and so the only way to do that, to answer the questions, well, where did you get it? Well, how much is it? Do they ship? Um, is the product good? Do you really like it? Like, like that asked the same question. Uh -huh. But do you really like it though? Like, is it cool? Uh, and so in order to do that, I had to team up with a retail partner in order to provide that access. And uh, it's, it's no secret if you if you follow me that the guys over at Small Badge, those are my dogs. Those are my friends. Um, and, you know, they've always, always supported anything that I wanted to do, especially Mikey. And I'm grateful for it because, you know, I, I started with seven brands and I ended with three in it and which was. Casa de Sueño, uh, AS Reserve, and uh, Black Star Line. And, and unbeknownst to me, <laughs> I, I, I went in thinking that, okay, like we'll buy the sticks that we're going to promote for the month, right? He was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, we're going to buy the whole catalog. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing? I mean, minus a few cigars, right? Like, right. but like, you're gonna go in and, and you're going to purchase these brands' entire catalog. They're gonna onboard the entire thing. And I was excited about that. Um, and so it kind of, after much negotiation, of course, you know, it, it went over really well. And by the second week, we had sold out already. Um, and we had to reorder twice. And, and, and I was very, proud because there was a lot of moving parts. And see, this is what we talk about when we talk about content, right? Like, you know, I had to 
curate a relationship with people in order to put me in a position to help somebody else. Mm-hmm. And the relationship, I had to curate a relationship with a brand in order to trust me with their labor of love, right? And then in addition to that, I had to figure out how how's this going to work, right? You're going to onboard these brands. How do you sell them, right? <laughs> how do you get your how do you get your Insta friends to buy your stuff? Uh, and you know, I had there were a couple of asks. You know, the brands needed to to smoke each other's brands. Like that was that was a hard prerequisite for me because there is no cigar solidarity if the only sticks you're smoking are your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very adamant about that. You know, everybody that bought and posted, tagged, and everybody got to participate in that social engagement. And that and that is what content creation to me is about being able to see people engage in a tasting discovery with other people at the same time at maximum. Um, and in addition to that, I, you know, I sent out a couple of boxes to a couple of friends, you know, to try out the smoke, you know, a couple of people that have been good to me. Um, and it worked out and, and I, and I was happy. And I, and I think that, you know, uh, the guys from the brands were happy about it. You know, there are people who weren't able to smoke those brands otherwise, because one of the, in my opinion, right. Cause again, I live West of Texas and most of these cigars, I never saw before now, or I didn't have access, easy access to, because a lot of retailers uh, don't have online capability, right? So most of the people that I run into that had smoked the cigar were buying them from their local shops, which I didn't have access to. So this made it a little easier. Um, and people I think enjoyed being able to have access to, to those brands. And I think they found, if not one, quite a few that, you know, that they like, that they still smoke. So, yeah. Yeah. And what I liked about it was, like you said, you gave a platform to some brands that would not have normally gotten a platform. Like, and they got the full treatment. I thought they had like blog interviews. You were doing Instagram lives with them. You were doing pairing stuff with them. And that's stuff that you're used to seeing with bigger brands, you know, in the industry. And yet they were given like the red carpet treatment, which I thought was great. And then it it piqued your interest. Like people like me who are sitting kind of watching and consuming this content. It's like, okay, like maybe I need to reach out to some of these people and and get to know them too. And that's always been my argument sometimes with some of the, the black owned or minority owned or even women owned brands is since they're just not given the same opportunity as some of the bigger brands because how the media sometimes is set up is that you have to buy, you have to buy into the system before mm-hmm. you kind of play sometimes. And it's not always like that across the board. And I'm not saying it is, but for some, it, it's, okay. It's, it's okay. I'll say it. It's okay. I'll say it. <laughs> Listen, you know, it's, it's just like when you work at red carpet, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it is it, always a running joke, but it wasn't a joke. It was true. But say it was BT awards and you have, B and C list clients. You got to get to that carpet at the top of opening before Beyonce get there. Because if you don't get there, you don't get the interview. Because what happens is as soon as somebody yells out, Beyonce's here, (laughs) I don't care if you at the end of the carpet and you ain't got a fighting chance. (laughs) You ain't got a fighting chance to talk to Beyonce. Matter of fact, Beyonce only stops for two people and one of them is dead. Okay, 
she stops. She might stop for entertainment tonight. She three people. She's gonna stop for Arnold, who's photographer, and she would always stop for Mr. Bill Jones, which was basically the oldest photographer. He used to do Ebony Essence, all that. She never stopped, and it didn't matter. And it's the same way here. If if the alleged B and C list brands don't get the interview they'll always be they'll always be overlooked by the beyonce's of the cigar industry mm-hmm. and and if 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 interviewers or media partners don't take the initiative to really get to know some of these new boutique brands for the sake of conversation there's new things to smoke everybody's always talking about what's new what's new but it i mean is it really new if we're smoking the same things, you know, like, like we talk about brand loyalty, but where's the curiosity of it all? And so I think, you know, we have to be a little bit more creative about including those smaller brands because they might not have the capacity or the creativity to do it on their own, but they too belong here right alongside all the other big brands. I believe so. There are some good smokes out there, you know? Yeah. Some of these, Smaller brands are, I don't even want to say boutique anymore because nobody even knows what that means, but some of these smaller brands are made mm-hmm. by some of the big companies that people know already and the factories that produce some of the top cigars, you know, the number one here, number one there and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they just don't don't realize it. So I thought what you did. Now, I really enjoyed your interview that you did with Alex Spencer because I think I caught that. Like, how was that? Because... How many interviews do you typically conduct and how was like how was it kind of having to be you know the, re- the reporter the journalist and like come up with questions and interview people and, and stuff you know what i um it's i don't look at it like that maybe i should because i might take it a little bit more seriously but like, like I said, I'm curious, right? So I want to know all the things. Um, so I'm probably going to get in your business a little bit. And if you don't answer a question, I'm probably going to ask it again until you answer it. But that's just me, right? Like I feel like I've, I'm at, I'm at, I'm not beholden to anyone. So there's some things that I can do, and I try to be as personable as possible. And Alex was great, you know. He's, <laughs> he's. There's a lot of levels to that guy. You know, he's got a lot of stories to tell. Um, and, and I, and I enjoyed all of them, you know, Alex and, and Eric and, you know, Tony from Casa de Sueño, like I, they really do have just as much of a story as anybody else in the industry and, and have done a multitude of things before being in the cigar industry, which, which makes smoking their cigar a little bit more exciting, which is, you know, what we do, we smoke based on, you know, association. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was part of my reason for doing all those types of things so that you could get to know the brand in one, if not all the ways that you could possibly smoke it. You know, are you drinking? Are you FaceTiming with your friends? Are you gossiping? You know, um, you know, how do you buy, like whatever those questions are, I, you know, it's like one of these is going to hit, right? It's like gambling. (laughs) It's gambling. Something's going to hit, you know, so that's what we did. Well, like I said, do you have any other 
future kind of brand activations that you're you're planning out? Um, no, because it is uh, cigar week season and it is PCA season. Um, and then, you know, I, I just signed on to be uh, the brand content curator for JR Cigars. So I'll probably be a little busy until August. But the cool thing about working with JR Cigars is that the team is uh, women. And, uh, and that's exciting. Conversation is different. Um, it's empowerful. And, um, and they'll be sending me to do a lot of lifestyle types of things. Cigars, yes. But it aligns more with the type of things that I, that I always do. You know, I'm at the cigar event, but it's a white party and we turn it up. Like, we're drinking this rum. Did you see this? You can't get this. Like, look at these boxes. Like, it's all the sensory things. And so I'm going to get to do some of those same types of activations with them for and with events that are under the Tobacco Lara USA um, umbrella. So I'm really excited about that. And I think that's great too. Like you said, and I, I always, when I look at the industry and some of the, our hiccup moments, <laughs> when things kind of go off the rails, I always say, it's probably because not enough women <laughs> were involved in the discussions or decision <laughs> situation, because some of these, you know, there's, there's a lot of ego and testosterone made issues, I would just say, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I mean, some things just need a little tender love and care. You know, and, right. and, and at the end of the day, I don't, it, it's about playing to your strengths. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And sometimes women hold the strength of things that men can't do. Um, it's, it's no different than when you walk into a cigar factory and women have a certain type of job that a man cannot have, which might be based on strength. You know, they're not going to be necessarily devaining tobacco because probably tear that shit up. <laughs> it won't be right. You mess those bells up. Um, and, and, that, and that's okay. You know, I think, you know, everybody deserves to, to, to play up to their own strengths and, you know, get some women on your team. You know, mm -hmm. we'll treat you right. Someone had a question for you, which is, uh, what's the number one cigar company that you you would love to work with? Oh, shit. You're going to manifest this moment. <laughs> You'll look back at this moment and say, I remember when I said it here <laughs> made it made it a thing. Cigar company? Um, damn. I might kick myself for saying this, though. Only because it's a personal challenge to me. Um, and they don't really work with anybody. And it is probably going to be my personal duty to break that wall down. <laughs> but I would, I would love to work with Davidoff. They don't do acquisitions outside or that aren't in-house. Um, mm -hmm. They're, it's very male driven, very male heavy. Everything about their marketing is is uh, looking for the right word. Um, I'll just say masculine. Um, and sometimes it's a little 
off-putting. Like I, you know, I've I've had a couple of pamphlets, and I remember thinking, "Sheesh, maybe I shouldn't smoke this." <laughs> like, you know, but their experiences are always great. You know, their dinners are fantastic. You know, some of the people that I've met that work there are fantastic. You know, colorful humans. I, I like them a lot. But I'd be interested to see when um, they operate outside of that in-house bubble. I mean, I got close once. I got close. I got close one time. I got close one time. Um, but I, you know, it, it, it. No matter who you pitch, you know, it's it's all about timing. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And you could. And and I'm this person. Like if if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna show up with what I want to do and how to do what I want to do and how to do the how to do what I want to do, right? Like, like that's me, right? I'm pretty sure everybody that I worked with in my small batch activation probably was over my ass <laughs> at a certain point because I had all the things, or at least I think mm -hmm. I had all the things. And they will still come back to the table and say, well, we got to figure out how this is going to work. You know, when you when you work for yourself, you're on the other side of this email. You're like, I just told you. <laughs> just <laughs> yep. In paragraph four C, it says no, but <laughs> but that's you know, it, it's about timing. So I I I would I I would I would love to do something with them in the exper experience marketing uh, area because I know a couple of people that you know that work in Davidoff stores and. You know, like Shy, who made, you know, a comment earlier, you know, mm -hmm. and she works in a beautiful location, you know, and I, I would I would love that. I would love to come up with something super dope. So let's take this, make this into a, a like case study or learning moment. So mm -hmm. you said you want to work with Davidoff. How would you approach them? How would you open up that conversation with with to, to get your, your foot in the door at least? consider I think I'll probably start the conversation off with a question <laughs> I'd be like what do you think about x y and z like if you could make that happen like I would go through the whole scenario be like hypothetical I'm really talking about myself but not really <laughs> you know the whole you know make them believe it's their idea type of approach um which is really what pitching is about right like it's your idea but it's really about you know having a conversation with something with someone with about the way that they receive it not how you want to give it right mm -hmm. that's how you get people um on your side and uh that's how it started I'm like man like have you guys ever done this this way oh my god these people over here i know this it's fantastic group It'd be crazy i would have like and i would have to know all the things right like things that they wouldn't think i would know and just have a general conversation that has nothing to do with me asking them for something. Because sometimes when you ask people for stuff, they don't want to do, they're automatically turned off. And mm -hmm. I don't really operate from that position, um, but if my idea can help move along uh, that evolution, um, I'd love to be a part of it. <laughs> that's, like, that's, that's how I talk. So. Yeah, that's what I would say. So when's the last time you, you pitched to them, though? Um, I never did. It was um, the one 
time was it i'm trying to remember if it was pca or tpe maybe it was pca i was approached um by someone um who wanted to do something mm -hmm. um, and this was pre-pandemic uh but it, it it never really went anywhere because you know the whole like we got to figure this out i'm not sure how this works and you know and i can only provide as much information that you're willing to receive and that's on any front right um and when they're ready, uh, I'll be waiting. But like I said, it's it's it's, it's all about timing, no matter what. You know, like I, I've been smoking cigars and posting cigars for a couple of years now. And even though this is not, this wasn't the plan, I don't even think this was a thing then, um, here I am. And timing is everything. Um, people have to be able to see you in their vision. It's not the other way around. Um, and so I'm patient. I'm well, patient. I know the marketing person there. So when you're ready to make your pitch, you tell me and I'll make the introduction. What? <laughs> Got to run it through the Swiss first. <laughs> now, you, you go start here in the U.S. and then let them run it through through the, the, uh, the Geneva part. <laughs> I got you. I got you. But yeah. Now you got my wheels turning. Uh-huh. Like I said, I know the, the marketing people there. I know, I know Lana and, and Eddie. Eddie. That is one fly guy, ain't he? <laughs> that, that man, yeah, he got the juice, man. He got the, <laughs> he got the juice. <laughs> so what have you learned about yourself since you kind of started getting more involved in the cigar industry and becoming this powerhouse influencer, curator of content? What have I learned about myself that no matter how many cigars I smoke, I still will drop one. <laughs> uh, um, huh? That's a good question. It's an open question. Uh, you, you know, you know what I've learned. One of the things I've learned is to trust myself. Um, in all of the careers I've had, I have been a part of a larger machine, uh, part of a process. And even though my sister owns her own business, I was still a part of her process. Um, and there were, I was, I'm a very decisive person, very. Like I, I don't, I don't weigh, I, I don't left or right very often. I think about it, I pray about it, and then I'm done with it. Like, I, it's either yes or no for me. And in this space, I get to do what I want. I get to trust my instinct. I don't have to ask for permission. I just have to be flexible. Mm -hmm. um, I get to spearhead my own things. I get to trust that process. And I never really got to do that before. I mean, yeah, I mean, my, my opinion or my word might have held a little weight in the part that I played. Um, but in this space, I get to play all the parts. I get to control all of the narratives, but yet still learn to be flexible. And um, and I enjoy that. I also never had as many women friends in my life, <laughs> ever. And it, they have taught me to, to be patient and and to pay attention in ways that I never did before. Because I have very uh, 
I won't say masculine energy, but my behavior is uh, dominant in a way that it's not feminine or has not been as feminine as it is now. I never used to wear dresses. I ne- like now, like, you know, I have a couple of girlfriends here. I know if I'm smoking with Maisha, I'd be like, okay, what am I about to put on? Okay. Cause I gotta be of equal or greater value when I'm standing next to this girl, <laughs> you know? And it kind of helps me um, discover new parts of myself as a woman and then as a woman in this space, and then as a woman smoking cigars and what that looks like. And I and I and I appreciate that from, from all the women that I get to smoke with, whether I've seen them in person or I smoke with them on, you know, FaceTime, honey. We be why not this FaceTime smoking? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we be hitting it. <laughs> but you know, they paid they played a very integral part in my ability to to communicate differently than I had ever before. So I, and I definitely owe that to them. So someone comes to you and they say, Ben, I want to kind of do what, what you do. What advice do you give that person who wants to get into the, I guess, the influencer, curator, social media world as a profession? Uh, like I said before, uh, the pictures, there goes my, goes my headphone. Um, the pictures aren't the work. The work is being present in places where opportunity lie. But the thing about opportunity is, is that it doesn't come unless you build a relationship with those around you. You know, I'm from the South. There are things about me that are just what they are, right? Like how I treat somebody, how I talk to somebody, the fact that I probably laugh at everything, probably half the photos that had a pro cigar, my mouth is wide open. Like, like, you know, I'm a what you see is what you get type of person. I feel like I can talk to you. Like, you know, there, there are some people that I revere, right? Like I hold to the utmost respect, you know, and, and even though they might be people that I could talk to directly. I mean, you know, I still get a little, whew, okay. Let me make sure I don't say nothing stupid. You know, <laughs> like, but the more I communicate with them, the more I'm ingratiated in this space. And that is the currency. Because now, now I'm not looking for the work. The work is looking for me. And now I get to do the things that I want to do with the people that I like, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm no longer I'm I'm friends with some of these people. You know, it's, it's no secret. You know, Nierka is my girl. Like you know, Raquel is my girl, and I spend a lot of time in the Dominican. Everybody knows that. You know, and the girls that I'm with, those are my girls. You know, and so now it's less about cigars and more about spending time with each other. And then it just so happens that opportunities arise. And that, I think, is how you kind of can separate yourself uh, from other things. Because it it is tough. I understand some people can't come and go with the freedom that I do. But I also like to travel before Mm -hmm. cigars. You know, I belong to a travel group with like 15 people, you know, that became a little popular, you know, for posting photos. And like, it's what this, what you see is 100% authentic to the life that I've always lived. 
except for I didn't smoke cigars. Everything else is the same. So if you want to be an influencer, you want to get, feels really weird to say, you want to get paid to create content, you have to ingratiate yourself, not just with the cigars, but the lifestyle, with the people that create the thing that you say you love so much. Be, become friends with them. Get to know what they like. Are they vegan? Do they got a nut allergy? Do they like to dance? You know, what kind of, you know, do they like jewelry? Go shopping. You know, like, these are all the things that I've done with some of all of these people. Like, we just be kicking it. And then, you know, it just goes from there. You know, I don't want to always smoke the most popular stick just because I have it, you know, or or drink the best. Well, I do want to drink the best room. But, like, you know, just get in and live life with some of these people and then go from there. And what's your why or what's your motivation? Like what drives you to do what you do? Curiosity. I, I'm a very creative person. Obviously you can't, you can't, you can't work in fashion or, or be a technical designer without it. Um, I'm constantly, even when I don't want to, Lord knows sometimes I'd be like, girl, go to sleep. Uh, but I'm curious about everything. I am a puzzle solver. Like, you know, I always got to seek and find this crossword puzzle, play dominoes. I'm like, anything I can figure out or I feel like is a challenge, I'm going to do it. If, you, if I look at something and I can't do it, then I'm about to figure it out. Like, I tunnel vision. I got I to gotta know. I, I, I got to do it. I mean, and I, you know, it's worked. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you for coming on today and spending an hour and one second <laughs> with us so far. Um, before we go, I want to make sure that you can give us a call out to your social media and your website so people can follow up with you and get more information. Maybe they want to work with you. Uh, just putting it out there. Um, so, for those people who are not watching this live and they haven't seen the banner that's been up for most of the show, can you just tell people what website they need to go to and what social media they need to follow? Yes. I am Sisters in Smoke. Sisters in Smoke. Uh, it's also sistersinsmoke.net. Uh, you can go to my website and put your email in my newsletter box to get all the updates. And you can send me an email if you want to work together, I've been at sistersofsmoke.net. Well, awesome. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing all this great information with us. I knew it was going to be a good show, and it <laughs> was. And we got lots of laughter. So um, I look forward to our next encounter, whenever that is. Yes. Make it soon, please, because I miss you in Pro Cigars. So I guess I'm not going to see you to PCA. And let me just say this. Like, I mean, I know it's the end and we got to go. But <laughs> listen, listen, I got it. I'm a fan. Okay? I'm a fan of Antoine Reed. So what most people don't know about me, I like to read. And one of my favorite parts of magazines is always the editor's letter. See, I feel like you're like one of the only people who read, because when I type that out, I'm like, nobody's going to ever read this part. It's like the one part of the magazine people usually go like flip over. But for whatever reason, like the last thing I wrote, like it resonated with you and it resonated with our, a retailer, which is like, 
to, you know, and usually I get my, maybe like one comment on it on social media an issue, but I was like, wow, I got like two for this issue. I was like, that's like a big deal. It's, <laughs> you know what? Like I, um, I first started reading the editor's letter for, from black enterprise when I was in college. And I don't remember the old man's name kind of looked like a slicker Frederick Douglass <laughs> bald spot. I don't know his name, Lord forgive me. Um, but the editor's letter, in my opinion, allows you to get an insight. It sets the tone for 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 the intention of what you're about to read. And it is where you get to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the person, person responsible uh, for what you're about to intake. And they get personal. Um, and they pose questions, you know, like I, I love questions and, and, it, and it makes you think. And so I just wanted to let you know, like I, it was my first tobacco business, you know, magazine as a, you know, as a company, you know, I got my, I got in the mail. I was like, yes, <laughs> it's here, it's here. Um, and you just talked about some really important, important things, you know, as far as the state of the cigar industry and not just fluff, like you post questions about, you know, the importance of retailers and why they're falling behind. And you paired that with the idea of being Southern and, you know, being able to check in and just having basic conversation. And I, I, I believe that that's a much more important conversation than a lot of the other things that we're having. And so kudos to you uh, for, for being transparent and humble enough to share your opinion and your thought on that. Oh, well, well thank you. Like, like I said, thank you for actually reading it because I'm, I'm always like, so whenever I write that, I'm like, it's like the last thing I write. And I'm like, nobody's going to read this part. Like, everybody's going to like flip by this part. So knowing that people actually read it is nice. So um, I'm reading it every issue. <laughs> so I definitely, uh, well, I'll know that now. So I'll be writing stuff and I might just slip something in there just, just to you since I know that you're the one person who's going to actually read it. <laughs> I'll tell everybody else to read it too. Yeah, well, like I said, I, I look forward to the scene probably at PCA. So absolutely, I'll be there. So that's a, a couple weeks, a couple months, whatever you want to uh, have, you want to see time. Um, but yeah, but thank you for coming on today and sharing your whole experience because I think more people need to follow you as an example of how to do things the right way, <laughs> like how to do how to do social media the right way, how to post the right way, how to engage with the audience um thank you, you know, i appreciate so, that um let me know like i said if you if you ever need something that i can help with a connection i'm pretty sure you have more connections than i do at this point but um last for me <laughs> so um for those of you who are watching or listening to this if you're watching on facebook on youtube or twitter make sure you hit that like button or subscribe button we're also on deep cuts is on all the different podcasting platforms uh, so now if you go to the deep cuts, deep underscore cuts, underscore live Instagram account, don't ask why the other name was taken. But uh, if you go to that Instagram account, there's like a link tree now that will easily link you up to all the different websites and social media and podcast platforms that you need to consume this content. Uh, we have another show coming up on Thursday with Tony Bellato and uh, two more episodes next week and then we'll see what may hold but 
I think uh, this is episode 82. 82. So, 82. Mm -hmm. so, you know, if you ever want to see any of the other episodes that we've uh, done in the past, just go to deepcutslive.com. All the past interviews are also there. Um, so thank you again to Ben and thank you again for you all watching. And I will see you back here on Thursday. Thanks, Antoine. Thank you. <laughs>